0: Hello and welcome to our first ever Look Back Live show. As you can see, we are here at sunny Priestfield Stadium after yesterday's 1-0 win over Crawley Town. The Brad, Brad Gallison train just keeps steaming on, doesn't it? As Neil Harris's men walked away with all three points as Captain Sean Williams sent that Raymond into raptures and sent nine and a half thousand Jules fans home happy. This afternoon we're going to talk all things Gillingham. Join us. Hello. Uh, yeah, welcome back to yeah the, the mx 7 Look Back Live podcast. As you can see, next to me is my co-host Owen Stanley and uh, yeah, joined by Luke Tension and uh, Matt Olsen. Um, yeah, boys, good afternoon. Good what, afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, what what a venue. What a venue to, to come and do our first ever Look Back Live. It's not bad, is it? You know, especially, you know, we were just saying before we went live, there's 9,500 out here on this glorious glorious Priestfield yesterday and now we've all got it to ourselves, it's quite a yeah, thrill moment to be doing a podcast like this, it's just, yeah very good.
0: Luke, how are you?
1: Very well, how are you? Yeah, you're good, how are you after yesterday? Brilliant, i say coming back
2: to, to Priestfield yesterday with 9,500 people here was uh, bringing back what, since kind of memories from when I was a kid, um, but yeah great for the community, great for the team and, and another three points. Yeah, Matt and you?
3: yeah great uh it was a, a, an amazing
2: day yesterday
3: I, I came with my dad who hasn't been to a duels game in in absolutely forever um just what an experience he thoroughly enjoyed it and just couldn't stop talking about it all evening which w- which was great um yeah, we've got our club back
0: yeah we have we have got our club back um yeah we're obviously going uh talk about yesterday's yesterday's win then um first off we made we made quite a lot of work of it didn't we
1: y- yeah yeah we did i think um you know we've seen in the past, haven't we, where we have big crowds come to Priestfield. It's not always the glamorous uh, football that we'd perhaps expected to be in. In terms of you know having a massive crowd and hoping that that equates to a wonderful performance on the pitch. Uh, first half, I know we're all sure. You know we can look back now after the win and think you know we were a bit lucky perhaps in that first half that Crawley weren't able to press home the advantage in terms of the chances that they created in the first half. It was quite tough for us to maintain any sort of attacking fluidity to our play we were pushed back quite a lot Neil Harris alluded to that in his uh, post-match interview saying the gap between the strikers and the centre-halves was far too big and we spent you know quite a lot of the first period and on the edge of our box which was quite reminiscent of the um of the second half last week against Swindon Town so in that sense we can count ourselves a bit lucky in the first half that we didn't end up falling behind but you know at the same time we, we miss a great chance through through Dom Jeffrey. so you know a lot of people watch as a neutral probably thinking that game nil nil at half time it could well have been four four really but yeah such as the such as the way of the game in that first half. Luke
2: agree with that? Yeah, I think obviously um, I think the first half the last 20-25 minutes we was definitely under the cosh. Um, obviously my tweet at half time went out like an absolute lead balloon and sitting there <laughs> eat, eating my words a little bit but yeah we we were lucky not to be kind of one nil two nil down but then obviously on, on the other side of the pitch. Dom Jeffries is an absolute sitter as well so um, yeah completely agree with everything you've said there but yeah it was a a game of two halves as they say yeah
0: um yeah but second half we came we came out like an absolute steam drain didn't we 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 just we pinned Crawley back and it it must it must have been Neil Harris's words because yeah they, they they come up absolute firing at Crawley
3: Absolutely. He said in his uh, post-match match interview, he, he didn't, you know, go in and shout and rant and rave at them, but, you know, he did give them some, some home truths. And, you know, I, I really think because of Glenn Morris, you know, that's the reason why we went in 0-0 at half-time. Um You know, big, big shout out to him. I think he pulled off a couple of really big saves. There was a couple of times in that first three minutes, uh, you know, they, they should have scored. And the Dom Jeffries chance was unfortunate. Had it fallen to Tom Nichols you could have put your house on it but Dom Jeffries obviously, you know, unfortunately he's put it wide. But that second half, uh, something snapped obviously at half time with this these players and we saw true quality and, and I generally believe, you know, if we played like that from the first half then we wouldn't have just won one nil, it would have been a lot lot more.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously um not many times have we see this this play before. Um, but it was excellent to see yesterday, wasn't it? Such a big crowd supporting yeah, the team.
1: Yeah, we were talking talking in the week, weren't we, about the the initiative that Brad and Shannon have put on the pay what you like uh, offer and the benefits that it has for you know a club like this and building that gap or lowering the gap between the club and the community in terms of bringing a whole new generation of Gillingham fans in. You know, there'll be, there'll be people I'm sure who were here yesterday, kids who've never been to a game here before, maybe not a football game in general, and. You know they've been sent home happy, and hopefully that's a good way of using that initiative to make sure that they they come back again, and that, that's that's what it's all about. And obviously, you know when we played the likes of Leicester, you expect a big crowd for that just for the spectacle that it is of playing a Premier League side when you're in League Two. But these are the games you want people to to turn up to consistently and and see a reason to come back. I think we did that. There's a, a lot more in depth for that. Uh, for example, you know the food out that's yesterday. There's a lot more on offer than I've seen in quite a while. Just, just little things like that that all equate towards a, a bigger goal and a bigger bigger perception of what we can be as a club with giving people reasons to come this Obviously, you know, winning the game helps as well. Obviously, I think it would have been a bit more disappointing for all these people haven't been before, had we not got the result yesterday, but but we did do that and it's a another sign of something that, you know, given it puts perspective, doesn't it, how long Brad and Shannon have been here and the difference they're making already to you know you know, they said in the first interview. I think that they were p- really big on community, and you know, they're putting the words the words to action, and it's it's coming to good fruition with us for the attendance we got in yesterday. And hopefully, as Neil was saying yesterday as well, it gives gives people more of a reason to come back, and hopefully, the win obviously helps that as well, and we can see these gates a bit more full more consistently for the rest of the season and beyond.
0: Yeah, I was I was when I was walking out the ground yesterday. The amount of people that I um, sort of heard around me that said, oh. Yeah, did you enjoy that? Oh, do you want to come back next week or, or, or whenever the next home game is? And, and, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll come back, we'll come back. Um, and that's what it's all about, isn't it, Luke? That, that not only is the football right on the pitch, it's, it's the whole sort of match day experience, isn't it? It's that that has to be right sort of off it to, to entice people back into the football club.
2: Yeah, and I think it's, we seem a million miles away from from the date lager that that we experienced what beginning of the se- at the beginning <laughs> of the season. So, yeah. what what really um, got to me was the amount of kids that were here yesterday. You know, there was I think Fish tweeted out that earlier on this morning as well the, the sheer number of kids that they're the next generation of fans, yeah, yeah. and if they're kind of getting their parents, and it's all about cost. Obviously, like let's say you no, know, it's, it's cost saving exercise for families to come, but. Like you enjoy the game. You've got a good game, good match day experience. You're going to continue to come in and, let's say, for a family of four, what now? What's it going to cost? Sixty, eighty quid's plus your drinks, plus your food. It's it's a big expense, and, and I think that's something that the Gallants has, has said. What, what Owens just said about all about the community. They know we're going through a cost of living crisis, and and they've done everyone in, in not just in Gillingham in Medway, the favour to come and watch to come and watch their team.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, it's it's not only about that
0: as well. It's 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 about the community as a whole, isn't it? Is that Obviously, Brad mentioned about um, the, the, the community side of it, and and the fact that Kent is such a big catchment area, pulled him right into the football club. I think the Gallantons saw the power of it
3: yesterday, wasn't it? Is that that certainly that rainy meant it was it was pretty loud. <laughs> I mean, we're lucky we're not a city like Manchester or a city like Liverpool that have got two big teams. There is only one real big team in Kent and that is (laughs) Gillingham. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to anyone that supports any other team. You're not sorry. But there is is such, you know, there is such an untapped potential and if you look at, you know, the players that have come from Kent that have gone on to do bigger things, and, and we're not talking you know back in the 80s or the 70s we're talking recently some of the players that have come through and we've just let them go because we've not had that draw but yet I- i'm starting to feel that the club is is getting that draw back people are mm-hmm. wanting to come for the project you know george Lapsley is not coming to Gillingham football club to sit on the bench mm-hmm. <laughs> is he? he's not yeah. coming to sit on the bench but he's obviously come and realised that there's a project here. And it's not just a project that's going to happen out on that football pitch, it's a project that's going to happen within the entire community. Because, you know, I, I saw a young boy walk into the shop with his dad yesterday at his first game, and his dad walked out with a brand new jewel shirt. You know, right, and that yeah. boy was so happy, and that that going to now be a Jills fan, and in thirty years' time he'll be sat here doing a podcast or <laughs> probably <propping> some <laughs> virtual reality thing that's going to happen. But you know, and, and that is why you know ultimately why football clubs exist it's not because you know you're bringing through these you, these youth uh, young fans, uh, sorry, that are going to give us new you know joy on the terraces and, and, and cheer the, the future players that are going to grace this pitch. And look, at the end of the day football clubs will not exist without fans. Football club is about the fans and you need to engage them and get them all in here. And
2: I think if you saw it at the end of the Rainemens after the ninety minutes when you see Brad and Shannon walking down towards towards the boardroom, what the fans were sitting there singing for five, ten minutes their name and they're there waving their scarves. They they just get it, don't they? That's that's, that's yeah. the way you can sum up. They they, they get it. Yeah. And it's it's brilliant.
3: And and you know the, the, look the, the easiest thing for any football club to do is, is go to schools, because you know, go go to go to junior schools, go to primary schools, get get schools involved with the football club. I know Jules have got their own school here, but get get the, all the local schools, and then that that will start giving you some fans. And you know, look, most young kids when they're growing up, you know, they're going to watch you know Man United on TV, they're going to watch Liverpool, but. The thrill of coming to a live game here at Priestfield Stadium, and, and especially with the atmosphere yesterday, that that's going to want, they're uh, going to hopefully bring them back.
1: I think Brad and Shannon they've, they've capitalised on like what you said, Matt. I know, you might, I don't know what you said as a joke, but we are the biggest and only club in Kent. And that's not like a dig at anyone else; it's just, it's just factual. We're the only EFL club, and I think in recent years we've as a club not made anywhere near enough of that. You know, people can make the argument we're near London, you know, West Ham, Arsenal, whatever else, but in terms of being the only football league club in the county, it's quite a, a bit of an anom- anom- anomaly, that's the one, anomaly really <laughs> and it's it something that Brian and Shannon have clearly caught on to very quickly and they're very keen to, to make the most of that, you know, in recent years we've not really seen it, we've you know, had offers here and there but it's all sort of been you know, a bit, bit of nothing really, hasn't it there's never really been that clear intent from the club to the, to the fans to show that we're the only football league club in this county and we're going to make something of that because really we are still well below our station, I think, in terms of the potential that we have here and we have had here for many years. We've just not really delved into it, and it's been a case of we've sort of been before the Gallinson era. I've said it a few times. We've sort of been just sort of floating towards obscurity. You know, last season was a real eye opener for a lot of people, and obviously, you know, no one expected this season to go as it has done up until pre Gallanton era, anyway. And you know, thankfully, we've got that sorted, and we're getting to turn it around, but. I think it, it was a bit of an eye opener, perhaps, Luke, to not just the owners but to fans as well. That seeing the difference they've made and that makes fans realise again that there is just huge potential at this club, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I think if you remember years, guys, obviously me and Matt got a little bit on you, but when we was at school, just a I, little bit, just a little bit. Um, I remember used to obviously I went to the Howards and we used to do the used to do the they used to do the summer school for like two weeks. I don't know if they still do that, but. You can still get see a, what a range of players from what 11 to 16 through them sort of routes, but yeah, it, I think we've we've definitely missed the trick, especially with like local guys again, like Chris Smalling, Ross Boyd, people like, and it's um, yeah, we've just we've just missed the trick. But I think as uh, Harris has said, looking to sort of talk about the past and looking to the future, I, th- I think you know main main thing now is obviously keeping up uh in the league which i'm sure we're gonna do um but yeah them them things about the community and stuff like that it's, it's only got to be in the got only got to be in the locker for them like all the kids all the passes all the free ki- uh, tickets they used to get to the schools i don't don't know if they're still doing that but again yeah
0: they, yeah, they are
2: yeah but if we're still doing that it gives them the adults tickets but there's so much opportunity f- so much opportunity that they can tap into and they've got lucky enough obviously paul scully didn't have the finances to do it but they have and if they want to lose a little bit like they they did on the tickets on Saturday. Probably gained it back in hospitality, but they're willing to lose it to, to gain further fans, which is which is brilliant.
3: I mean, I mean that, that that is the one thing. I mean, this is a whole completely different subject we could get onto. But obviously, the, the, with the cost of the living crisis, with the fact that most tickets now are 20, 25 quid, it, it, it is quite expensive. And it, as you said, it is an expensive day out. And um, I know, I think the clubs are limited to only doing like is it two, two promotions yeah, two. a year, and I think that's a shame that they should take that out of their hands. You know of the football league and let the club do whatever they want because what's more important you know selling out your stadium or just getting you know you know only a quarter of the people turn up because you're charging too much for your tickets if, if the tickets were slightly fairer price and i, and I do must say i think the jills initiative of the under 14s go, go free with a paying adult adult that does make things a little bit more bearable so again hopefully you know p- parents that came yesterday are thinking yeah okay i can go back just me and my son will go back or me and my daughter will go back you know because it's not going to might only cost me 20 quid but then she's coming for free brilliant but you know i, I, I do think in, in terms of, of you know the the cost of the tickets they are you know quite expensive and it can become a very expensive habit football unfortunately
0: this wouldn't be happening today without um chris tiger who who is uh, who, who sponsored this podcast um and he, he runs tiger fire security so thank you very much chris um yeah let's move on to individual performances
1: uh from yesterday um the goal scorer sean williams yeah, someone. Sean is is come under a lot of criticism this season. Sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. Um, it was his first goal in three years. Neil Harris said said yesterday, which is um, yeah, not that surprising, I suppose. But he 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 has he did missed, missed a couple of sitters yeah, this year yeah, he, as well. Yeah, he so did <laughs> mention he's missed a few from set pieces this season. But um, yeah, it's about being in the right place, right time for Sean yesterday. Obviously, you know, it's great work again from from Tom Nichols, as we know, getting that Perfect movement, getting himself into the right space. It's actually, you know, if you're the quarter goalkeeper, you feel a bit disappointed because he actually makes a really good first save from, from Tom Nichols' his, his strike. But Sean Williams, you know, being in the right place at the right time, couldn't have an easier goal. You know, he, he's, he's been quietly getting a lot better in recent games. I think since the Leicester game, I thought he was brilliant. I think he's put in performances where he's gone a little bit under the radar, but he has been, you know, making us tick a little bit. I think the first half against Swindon after we conceded after. You know, thirty seconds. I think he controlled the first half of that pretty well, and obviously he, he gives a lot of experience. Is someone Harris obviously trusts a lot from his Millwall days, and you know I'm, I'm happy for him to be to be the match winner because I think it's it's a moment that is perhaps deserved over the past month or so. I'm not sure what odds you would have got on him to be the first goal scorer yesterday, but I imagine if you put that no, on, you, you're quite wealthy this Sunday afternoon. But um, yeah, very happy for Sean. I think it, it, it's the top performance we saw from him over the past month that we've been know, looking and waiting for for the whole of the season because as I did say, he has been he has been criticised here and there this season. I think he, he didn't perhaps start the first few months as most people expected him to, but I suppose you can level that up really any player we had for the first six months, couldn't you? So yeah, positive signs from Sean. Obviously, you've got to take in his age as well. He's not getting any younger, but he's, he's providing to be a good steady head in the middle for us. And obviously, if he picks up a goal here and there, so well, that's also a massive bonus for us. Yeah, I've been mentioned about about Sean. Uh, his performances have suddenly kind of gone
0: like that in, in in sort of a month. Um, whether that's playing now, playing with better players, um, I don't know. But he's, he, he seems to have just simplified his game a, a bit more rather than holding on to the ball long and taking two, three, four, five, six touches. He's he's giving the ball, he, 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 or he's collecting it and just giving it off to the to, to the ones that are going to do something.
2: And I think that's pretty key, obviously, when he, no disrespect to Julie O'Keefe, but he, O'Keefe hasn't been fine on all cylinders this season. Obviously, there's more of an issue there that he, he's not in the matchday squad, but uh, he's got better players around him. I think that's all you want from him, really, is just to get the ball and pass it on to the better players he's got around him. Do it yeah. simple. Um, again, he's one of the ones that, alongside Max Amar, that we were talking about earlier, is... He's quietly gone under the radar over the last three to four weeks, hasn't been uh, the shining spotlight when you've got the likes of Dom Jeffries and Maka providing the assists. Obviously, his job's completely different to, to Boston midfield, and he has done that, and like I say, given the ball simple to, to the attacking creative players that he's got in front of him.
0: Yeah, and led the team well, hasn't he? Obviously, he's been made, made captain and sure, he's uh, well, yeah, he's not he's just not been around, is he, at all? Um, but yeah, he's... he's He's
3: got experience. He's won promotion. He won promotion under, under Harris, um, but he's, he's led. He's led that. Led the team well, has not he? He's he's kind of taken that responsibility. I think now as he he's come kind of become the team the official team leader. You know, uh, no no offence to Shrew O'Keefe because I think he is still technically class as the club cl- uh, club captain. But uh, on the pitch, he he is that leader. I was watching him in the first half, and I'll be honest, he he didn't have the greatest first half yesterday. Um, not not because of you know he, he didn't play poorly. It was just you know Crawley. I think were were right on it yesterday in that in that first half, um, but. Yeah, since since Leicester, I, I don't know, something's obviously clicked in him. He, he's just. Got better and better each game, and he's kind of become that initial leader that we want it on that pitch. We want, as Gilligan fans, we want that person shouting and telling everyone where to get and get going. And he has really stepped up, and you know, honestly, I hope it continues because you know he's only what's 36 now, isn't he? I think you know he's only obviously got maybe a year or two left for him maybe at this level. So hopefully, we're seeing sort of the best of it. You know,
2: before he, the day comes, he has to retire. I think this was the first week that I had him in my Eleven of his sense to be replaced to get Lapsley on. You
3: are, you are desperate to get Lapsley. I, am, on, I you know? am. I am. But this is the biggest argument: is who can you drop at the moment? Because the four in the midfield have been doing so yeah. well, and you know, and, and macca has been brilliant. I thought yesterday Maka, and when he was going down taking the the corner, getting the crowd going, and. It, it was it was brilliant, but yeah, I mean the, the leaders in the team. All yeah, there are the core few that we all know that that have stepped up, have,
1: have really pushed this Gillingham team along in the last four weeks. Yeah, we've got to think of how nice it is that we're having these sort of arguments now, like who to drop out, whereas a few months ago, but like who to keep in. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I think the biggest compliment that um, that
0: Williams, uh, macker uh, Dom, and uh, and Tim D. need to take is that. One, they're keeping that midfield so solid, uh, not many teams are, are breaking through the middle of us, um, but also they're, they're keeping bloody good players out of the team, aren't they?
2: Well, I am probably the biggest George Lapsley fan going, um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to to, to to get on and score a goal and do the old shush in front of the rain, I, mean, I think that'd be a perfect <laughs> Yeah, what gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, arguably, George Lapsley is one of the best players in League Two, I and mean, Harris said it in, in his interview last night, if not the league above. So to be able to keep a player of that quality and again he's got to be on he's got to be on big money and he, he costs a bit as well to get in, he's not gonna be wanting to sit on the bench but at a minute, arguably, what anyone's opinion is you can't drop that midfield. You can't drop anyone in that midfield. I didn't say Dom Jeffries would have got dropped this week off his performance last week, but looking back, you you can't change a winning team. No. No, see it goes off that goes off that saying, isn't it, mm. is that um don't fix it if it's not
0: broken. So um yeah, obviously the the, the partnership that is in the limelight at the moment—you brought it to the limelight, should we say—is um, the, is the partnership of, of Tom Nichols and Ollie Hawkins. Um, we didn't see it come to, to fruition yesterday as much as we possibly could, but I tweeted out last night that um, it reminded him a bit of Danny Kedwell and, um, and Conan McDonald. Do you
1: want to enlighten you on, on that point? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> so anyone knows me Cody McDonald's probably my favourite Jules player of all time love him um, I think when I look at the, the sort of things that they offer I think Cody and Nichols are very similar in a sense of they're very nippy getting behind quickly Cody obviously you know you look at his record he scored more goals than Tom but I think there's a lot of similarities between them two they're very good on the ball they're very quick and can get in behind and make things happen in a more creative sense whereas I think Hawkins and Kedwell well, Kedwell the opposite he's more goals than Hawkins and you know hawkins i think is a player that you know p- people obviously make the mistake quite a lot when they see you know someone's on a strike and they look at the goal record it might not be that impressive and they think what's the point of a on him but hawkins is a prime example of someone who you bring in he might not have the best goal record but you only have to watch him once to see that he offers a whole lot more than just goals you know if it wasn't for him how many times would we have gone behind and got into great opportunities you know the goal dom jeffrey scored you had three players are straight attracted uh Hartlepool players or try and go out for one ball against Hawkins. He wins that, takes three of them out, and then Nichols can play the ball into to Jeffries for the goal. So if Hawkins isn't putting himself about in that in that position, we're we'll probably not getting the goal on that occasion. And you know, with, with Kedwell, he was very big, used in a nice way, he used his size to his advantage. Is very strong, could bully people, could bring others into the game. You know, not not to the extent I suppose of Akinfenwa did because he was just a man mountain, wasn't he? But you know, I think that the similarity there between the two is they can both bring others into the game around them really well. Obviously, Kedwell did score more goals, but his was penalty taker as well, so you know, give him that. But I think Oli, although he might not have the goal yet, that is that Craven, I'm sure he will get it. He, he does so much to make everything around him tick, and with, without that, you know, I know a lot of people make the comparison, Hawkins from what we've seen so far is what we really wanted me command on to be, but mm-hmm. that didn't work out. But I think there's a huge stark in quality between the two, and we saw that from you know the first ten minutes or so against Hartley ball the difference... Of having someone who can track the ball, who can keep it down, who can use his strength to bring others into play, and th- the difference it makes. And you know, there's no wonder I think Hawkins in an interview after Swindon, he said, um, like Nichols, sorry, said that Hawkins was a striker's dream to play alongside. And I think you could see that hopefully. Obviously, we know he went off yesterday with well, we don't know what it is yet. That, like I think he got hit in the ribs, I think maybe yeah. something like that. But he said he should was, he hope, yeah. This part, yeah, yeah, yeah. But was, he said, hopefully, it'll, it'll, it'll be all right for next week. So, hopefully it's just a minor one because you know, it'd be a massive loss. But I think. He'll he'll go down at the end of the season should we stay, which I think we will. I think when we look back at the signings of January and and the difference they made, I think Hawkins, along with Nichols, of course, will be right at the top of that list in terms of making a big MCAT to, to keep us out of danger.
3: As I say, he's not going to score you. You know, Ollie Hawkins is not going to score you 20, 25 goals a season, but he'll probably create you something similar. You know, along those lines. And I will say, uh, Tom Nichols yesterday was I thought unbelievable. I don't know. Obviously, he sapped up his game in that second half. That there was a couple of flicks that he, he, he made, and it was just his, his vision was unbelievable. I thought yesterday and. I, I'm, you know, I'm sort of living in dream world at the moment because we've got two really, really good strikers who have just seemed to click, and and ultimately that's what you need your strike force to do. They need to click, and these two are going to be, you know, wonderful. I think for the rest of the
2: season. Yeah, I think you two have summed it up pr- pretty well. To put this is, and again, it's Hawkins all round player. Like, right, you watch him for for the height that he is, and it, he doesn't just do a flick on or win a flick on. Mm. It's his actual accuracy of his headers. His, the way he brings it down in his chest and in his passing. For somebody of that size, you wouldn't expect the, that accuracy in a, in a player like that. And it, yeah, the way they just played together, it's like they've been playing for two, three years. The, the chemistry they've managed to build already is is brilliant. And it's nice to see we've got, like, obviously, where Hawkins went off yesterday, bringing one of the new signings, Aidan O'Brien, who could do a similar job. Yeah. At, at not, a bad
1: no, <laughs> not
3: bad song, it? Not bad So yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's living in dream world. Mm. At the start of the season, well, sort of, 20 games into the season, I would never have thought we'd be bringing on Aidan O'Brien and George Lapsley to, yeah. you know, to try and see us out the the win of the game. But um, the, the last thing I'll say with Ollie Hawkins is, you know, yesterday, uh, I was sat down, obviously, on the Gordon Road stand a couple of balls that got played over towards him. They, you know, they, he had two or three players on him and he, he was still getting above them, winning the header. Uh, you know th- this guy. Uh, I think again, he- he's going to write his name into Jules' Football.
2: Uh, and for the work he does, uh, defending set pieces as well, can't go unnoticed. It, it, you've got someone that's an, an additional centre half when when you're defending the set. Well, he can play there, yeah, yeah. so, so you know, he, He's 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 a dream to have, and especially I don't know what other strikers can play centre half and, <laughs> and, and and up top. But yeah, we're. Hopefully, he's right himself in folklore to not just if, so someone that's under the radar again with, that's not scoring all the goals, but
1: has got all that all-round play. I think one of his best advantages, Hawkins, is even when he's not actually involved in the game to a degree. Like I think I look back at the uh, the goal nickel scores at Colchester. The reason he scores it really is because you've got three players all around Hawkins just because of his sheer size. It, it demands more attention towards him and everyone's thinking, well, if everyone's going to go towards him, that gives an opportunity for, you know, Nichols, Amal, Dieng, whoever else is in the box, to make that run around thinking, well, they're too preoccupied with him. So we're going to go, again, I'll mention, again, the goal against Hartlepool, that three players go towards him for that one header. All three of them lose out. And Keith Cole, I don't know if any of you listened to his interview after that game, he, he made a point of that where you just need to basically let him win the header because you're not going to win it and then you're in a better position to deal with the second phase. But because of him being able to demand that attention and, bring so many players out, it creates so much space for everyone else. And, you know, Hawkins wins that header against Hartley Paul. Nichols is in a lot of space. And then, you know, we all saw how much space Dom Jeffries had to take that shot on. because he pulled everyone away before him. It's just intelligent play. You know, same with Nichols as well. The chance Dom misses yesterday starts with um, Nichols did a little turn by the byline and then getting the ball into Deanne, which goes into them. So they're not just goal scorers, these two. I know Hawkins hasn't scored a goal yet, but it will be. <laughs> but they're all round. Play in terms of just footballing intelligence and the know-how is is second to none with what we've had in, in in recent years. I'd say I'm absolutely amazed. I don't know anyone else how Tom Nichols has not is not at a high level.
0: Uh, I think he's incredibly clever. But he's too short. Yeah, I say he's too short. Yeah, But even even earlier on his career, I, he's always sort of been around bottom half league one, top half league two. Where I, I've been watching him for the last month, and I just think you are. A complete forward apart from your height, which may be letting you down, he's so clever. It's just it's so clever. But the, the amount of times that yesterday he was nipping in front of the centre half, winning it in the corner, winning corners, winning throws, just taking us up the pitch, he was just so clever in the way he was doing that. That, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleasant, I, I'm shocked that we've managed to get
2: him. Even when you see the ball from Sean Williams for his chance with a one on one with a keeper, that's literally just a from a ball over the top and he's peeled off the peeled off the centre half and he's coming in from he's from amazing oh,
3: yeah, real. I was literally was watching him two minutes before that and, and and seeing him sort of just keep keeping an eye on the defender and you can see him just slowly inching away, slowly inching and the defender's not giving him one bit of attention. Yeah. So he creates that space and he, he's he's always constantly thinking about sort of you know you can see in his head he's thinking about the next phase what's going to happen next what's going to happen next and then that that's actually you know like why he scored the the the, the two headed goals that he's uh, uh, from the Alex Mack across where, uh, one against um, uh Hartlepool Hartlepool yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah again you you, you watch him he's, he's peeling off his defender he's always got that split second going that split second for, uh, sooner and yeah you're right I mean he, he he could I think fit in the championship he nearly scores from it
0: yesterday as yeah. well where where the, the Ball comes over the top, and he's just peeled, and the defender don't realise he's there, and it just goes straight over the top of the yeah. To be fair, it criticising him. He should score. <laughs> yeah, it kicks it it, yeah. it, it. it kicks the ground. It's a good save from the keeper, and we. Yeah, I think the keeper's been praised more than he should have. I think when you watch it back, Nichols kicks the ground.
2: Yeah. I think it's worth well, if you listen to his interview after the Swindon game. He says that he's been pulled more in kind of to drop in a little bit more over the last couple of clubs he's been at. He hasn't been able to be that full-out number 10 striker, which obviously ultimately. Harris said, if you come here, you will score goals, mm. and you can't argue with what he's done so far. He's done it. No yeah, he no. he's done it. He's done it. okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're moving from the partnership.
0: then one player that um, yeah has not re- really been given limelight. On this podcast is Robin McKenzie. Um, we we managed to we managed to get him back after him not signing a new deal. Um, sort of last day out of window, wasn't it? I think I think it was. Think it was one of the last days. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, one of the last days of the window. It was. Um, but he's a solid solid day come at this level, isn't
2: he? He's he's just Mr Reliable. He, he doesn't. He rarely makes a mistake. Um, I felt a bit sorry for him against Swindon, where he had some severe talent that was coming down that down that left flank, and he was under the coach a bit. But yeah, I thought as well when we before the pre Gallison era, when he was playing at CDM, with with was it with Sean Williams or Sean O'Keefe? So one of them was injured, mm. and. Um, he was pretty good in in midfield as well. It was one of our better spells when we were still losing games, but still. Um, but yeah, he just casually flies under the radar, does his job, and um, yeah, out of all of them out on the pitch at the minute, he, he is Mister Alabi. He can't really. He's got to be one of the first names
1: on the team sheet. Robbie is is someone that I was very surprised ended up back here. I thought when he left, he'd be getting an influx of at least League One offers. Because obviously he played a bit in a championship for Hull, didn't he? Not so long ago, and obviously he's someone who, as Luke said, is is very reliable. He's someone who does go a bit unnoticed because he basically is a bit of one of those footballers who does what it says on the tin, if you like. And you know, he's not that exuberant in what he does, but he does the, the simple stuff and makes it look easy. Because well, he is. But he's just someone that. You know, you can play him in a lot of different positions. He's very versatile. I remember he played a away game under Evans against Rochdale, didn't he? In attacking midfield, and he scored. And you know, he's one of them. where you can really put him anywhere and get a good shift out of him. And those players are very hard to come by because you know there's not many players in terms of versatility. I know we mentioned Hawkins can play centre back and striker, but in terms of can do a solid job all over the pitch. And and, and Robbie certainly certainly is one of those players. I think he's. Someone that we're very lucky to have back at the club because you know I'm not entirely sure what happened to him over the summer. Maybe he, was, he had offers, but perhaps location-wise it didn't work for him and his family or something like that. But you know to have him come back here is obviously a massive boost to us as well. And you know especially given if we do have injuries, he's someone who can basically play anyway. You know we could have an injury to Glenn Morris and I'm sure he'll go sticking between the sticks for the next Saturday. But yeah, it's one of those players that we're very we're very lucky to have and we can always be guaranteed to get a good shift out of him.
0: Yeah, we're going to move on to the. Onto the January window as a whole, then um, we've kind of covered it in our Twitter spaces that we've we've all done as a, as a four of us. But it'd be nice to sit here, just uh, us as a four, um, this afternoon to to round off what has what has been a, an extraordinary window. Ten new signings, um, pretty much a whole new team, um, but but a whole new team full of quality um, and, and match winners. And how would you how would you sum up Luke the the, the January window as a whole?
2: Uh, yeah, if you'd have said, if, it's already good when you get a new owner and, and they're turning around and promising you X, Y, and Z, And but it's different to having an owner that's actually going to deliver to, to what they say. So if you'd have said, kind of New Year's New Year's Eve, that as of the next 31 days, you're going to see 10 new faces in, of which six of them are first team. Well. Yeah, six of the first team quality players with a look to the future with coleman um a, a, and amongst others you'd have bit kind of yeah incredible yeah you, you we weren't expecting that was we? i was i was expecting five or six to come through but not into double figures it's yeah a brilliant window brilliant window
1: i mean yeah it it was it was what we were told you know gallinson was very keen to say it was going to be an aggressive and lucrative transfer window i think i'm um, more in the same sort of mind view as, uh, as Luke, I didn't think it'd be 10. I thought we'd be looking at, you know, four, five or six potentially because, you know, generally windows, you're not really used to bringing in a whole influx of, you no know, more or less, if you look at it in just terms of numbers, it's a new starting 11, isn't it, bar one? But I, I think the, the manner of quality that we brought in is, is something that's been quite staggering to us, to be honest, you know. If, if we go back to the game right here against Mansfield where Hawkins played and Lapsley tore us apart, someone said to you, we'll sign both of them in a few months, you'd be like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. and to be able to have a vision within the club that can now appeal to those sort of players to to want to come here I know people from other clubs might look at it and think well, they've got a new investor, they're they coming here for the money so it's not about that, it's about uh, a sign of, of what this club can be past glories potentially how we can bring those, those back in these players they hear that, they hear the sales pitch from Neil and, and they want to come here. They have a reason to, to want to be involved. You know, Laps is, Laps is not even getting in the squad at the minute, which goes to show the improvement we've we've made. Well, say get, not getting in start 11, I mean, rather. It's going to show the improvements we've made in terms of how a quality, of, quality player like him can't quite get in at the minute. And, you know, we've seen with a lot of the players who have come in, just the instant impact they've made. You know, 10 points out of 12, you can't really go wrong with that. And, you know, it, it's, it's players that, you know, would get into the vast majority of teams up, on the upper echelons of League Two, mostly League One as well, and it's a good signifier of you know if you look at it in from the perspective of well this is what we've done in January we've got a whole summer coming up as well so you know, who knows what can happen there but it's it's a sign of the Gallons putting the money where the mouth is so to speak you know both figuratively figuratively and literally and saying that we want these things to happen and we're going to make them happen and. Yeah, we've seen that so far. The impact that the signings have had. Obviously, we've got two more in. The other day, we saw I think half an hour of O'Brien or so, and just about five or so minutes of Tristan Abraham's. But both players who made a positive impact, and you know, the look to the future as well is important. Obviously, with Coleman and Clark, players that I think unless we're we're safe with a few games to go, I wouldn't expect to see too much of them this season. Obviously, if we are safe with a few games to go, that's the ideal moment where we'd like to see them get some minutes. Obviously, Coleman's a bit more further along in terms of. General uh, men's football experience. Whereas Clark's not played professional game yet, but it, it, how long ago? How many times have we seen us bring players in who aren't going to go straight into the team, but are there for the longer term project and for us to nurture them and turn into better players? It's a sign that you know from how we've gone from just you know buying in you know the basements and the bargain area to having a structure of um, you know Andy and and Kenny along with Brad and Shannon and and. And Neil, were working together to make this make this machine work and make it move forward, and make it an attractive proposition for the club, uh, t- for players to come and join the club, which I don't think it really has been for a lot of players in in the past. Yeah,
0: agreed. Uh, yeah, too many times have we seen windows in the past. That it's always been panic buyers, and like you say, Owen, that um, more often than not we end up buying play- players that are not r- right ready for that first team, but they end up playing, um, and they just you know they're they're, they're well off it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it has been an incredible window, and and like Luke says, um, Brad could have easily come in and gone, right, there's the money, go and buy what you want, and also credit to Neil Harris as well, because you can have all the budget you want in the world, but you need to know how to use it, yeah. um, and that's what he's done. He, it, it's been smart, shrewd business by the football club, isn't it?
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, there was... Uh, yeah, it was sort of a, a almost a feel. It was like a summer transfer window, wasn't yeah. it? Having ten players come in, it's, it's almost the feel like you know the first of February was is the first game of the season. It's yeah. it, it felt like a complete refresh, and I can't believe that in you know in, in a month we've managed to get you know some top quality players that have come through. We've not broken the bank from the sounds of it. You know we we we've bought reasonably, but we've bought players that have going to give us that gillingham fighting spirit which is what we want as fans um my initial reaction you know i I always say out of 10 you know it's probably a 9 out of 10 for me the only thing i think we were missing is just cover as another left back but apart from that i think we have had probably you know i'll go on record to say this definitely the best transfer window in uh, football league Two, but probably in in all of the leagues, I think that's you know, probably one of the best transfer windows a team can go through because we've added so much quality yeah. to our team.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Um, yeah, we'll move on to performances of January. Um, we'll ov- we're obviously, well, uh, four un- four unbeaten. We, we did lose the first game of January, but since then we've been four unbeaten, I know obviously yesterday, but the three other games in January we've not lost. Um, yeah, it's been an, a near on perfect Month both on and off the pitch, is not it, Luke?
2: Yeah, it's uh, like I say. I think Brad and Shannon must be kind of thanking their lucky stars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they well, it's obviously due to their investment and hard work. With us, like I say, we're bringing in. But you, you say we, we have signed you know ten players, but the signings of Hess and Kenny Jacket, Kenny Jacket were you know they're two massive signings that that, that we've forgotten about. We've never even spoken about either how good how good they are, especially with the black book. And I think obviously. Um, scally has been asked to you know he's obviously done quite a bit of work um, on, on kind of getting his black book out as well obviously he's still he's still talking about so they've all done extremely well and you, you couldn't have asked for the last the better last four games has been perfect absolutely perfect.
3: I, I will say actually again that is something else that I, I, I wanted to say earlier that I, I've got to say a big shout out to Paul Scully, because obviously he is helping out behind the scenes as well. He has still got you know involvement in this club, but what he's doing is he's helping the club and it's one thing that he's always said he wants to do is he wants to help the club move forward. And I've got to say a big I think you know a big shout out to Paul Scully
1: as well. Yeah, I, th- I think in the past month the best thing that I could say is that we've seen different performances from this Gillingham side and different finding different ways to win and to get results. Um, Obviously, the Hartlepool game, bar the period they had in the second half, when they hit the bar, I hit the post, we, we largely dominated that game, created chances, could have been more than two, we scored two good goals, we got the win, professional performance. The game against Colchester was a lot more difficult because I don't think we were particularly great on the day. But I think you know we had... It reminded me of quite a lot of games this season You know where we've played, say, like Walsall at home, Swindon at home, where we've not looked too much in trouble in terms of conceding at one end, but we just didn't have anything up the other end to to make the difference whereas at Colchester we had really two chances a whole game. We took both of them and then we were able to be resolute in the second half. They threw a lot at us, but we didn't really give them much in terms of, you know, a clear cut chance that they may have missed and it was a a wall performance. Some people might say it's defensive, but you've got to find a way to win games and, and that's what we did. It's 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 good to see different sides of the Gillingham performance that show that there are more than one way that we can win games. Obviously, last week, we, we did come unstuck in the Swindon game, but you've got to look at it in terms of, you know, we we, we could have easily, you know, getting teams of the past, conceding that early on, we could have easily gone and lost that 4 or 5 nil. but we got ourselves back into the game immediately, took a 3-1 lead. And, and, you know, look, these I know it happens a lot with us with two-goal leads, but when you're playing against a team with the quality of someone like Hepburn Murphy in the wing, Johnny Williams in midfield and Charlie Austin up front, it... it it can happen. It did happen, and you know we didn't lose the game, but it has got to be some perspective in terms of you know just because you're two one up, uh, three one up, sorry, away from home against anyone doesn't give you the given right to see the game out. You've got to take into consideration the the quality of the opponent, and you know Swindon in the second half did pepper us, and we just, we just come and stuck unfortunately. But we still went to a top six side, and managed to get a point. We wouldn't have done that a few months ago. We've been turned over easily away from home by you know, much lesser sides, you know, like the in performances we saw, at, you know, Newport, for example, and, you know, you compare that to the performance against Swindon, it's night and day, and obviously yesterday, again, for the first half, we weren't particularly great, we were much better in the second half, and, you know, it was quite refreshing going into, you know, five minutes of injury time last night, last yesterday, with a 1-0 advantage, without really feeling as if we're going to concede, because we didn't limit them to many opportunities, and, you know, Glenn Morris in the second half, you know, Go to show how well the centre half midfield did. He didn't really, for my memory, have a save to make. So it's just a massive positive for me seeing this Gillingham side being able to get positive results through different performances, through you know, through attacking football and for a bit of grit and determination. That's what you need to be a successful side for more than one way to win. I
3: was, yeah, I mean the confidence you can see from the players. You know, from I mean, I, I went to the Sutton away game um, and obviously we lost that two one and. Yeah, you, know, you could see the players' heads drop straight away. And uh, against Swindon the other week, we, we conceded. You know, in the first minute, none of their players' heads dropped. They were all straight back up. Now, come on, boys, we've got this. We're gonna go on. And then, you know, two minutes later, we're down the other end, and we've got another goal. And then two minutes later, we've got another goal. And and you could see that there was it was a completely different Gillingham team to what we saw you know 20 games ago. It, it's it's a team that you know yes okay we didn't walk away with three points but I felt so proud of those boys because you know yeah say a few weeks ago we would have got absolutely hammered there.
2: And I think it's obviously the main point of what Harris said, especially in the summer window, it's all about the type of character that he was bringing into the building, and you can tell especially from. Obviously, we've never seen the likes of Clark and, and Coleman as of yet. Yeah. But the players that have come in and, and got in to the starting eleven, they are winners. They, they are people that have got a strong, strong character. And, and they're, the, they're the people that we are chilling and players, as, Ni- as Neil said. Yeah, OK. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to do a couple of shout-outs now. Um, if anyone saw on social
0: media over the weekend, um, our good friend James Crockwell did a uh, 14-hour walk. Um, from, from Tilbury to Wembley in aid of Bath Syndrome um, and when I spoke to him yesterday he had raised uh, just over £850. Um, Bath Syndrome is a uh, is a charity um, basically in aid of, of children that have um, sadly passed away due to an enlarged heart um, and he said he's had quite a lot of friends Um, of children that have passed away due to that so um, well done James Um, great effort. Um, Also um, as you can see uh, we've all got ME7 Podcast mugs in front of us. Um, Yeah uh, Matt is Matt is um, promoting it perfectly just like a model straight in front of the camera. Um, Yeah these these, these weren't on offer to buy these are now on offer to buy Um, no uh these th- th- thank you so much for the people that have purchased them so far um it's just a simple, simply a donation to myeloma uk um yeah a lot of it uh, uh, is a rare form of of cancer um, sadly my my father passed away from it for in, in 2021 um so wanted to raise um some some money for that um so yeah these are the lovely mugs that we have now got on on on, on sale um so yeah if you'd like one um yeah, just just give us a little message um, and, and we'll get one for you um, so yeah um, yeah let's move on to also another initiative um, our, our last topic that we're gonna we're gonna cover this afternoon is uh, her game too Um they've, they've obviously done a wonderful initiative at the football club um, Brad and Shannon have, uh, have made it pretty obvious that they would like to bring women's football back into the football club um, Paige and Mandy are, are, are obviously the Gillingham um, advocates with, with Glenn Morrison and Jake Turner on board um, as well. Uh, I noticed Neil Harris was wearing the Her Game Two badge. Um, Matt, you are also wearing the Her Game Two badge on, on on the blazer this afternoon. So well done you. Um, yeah, Luke, we'll start with you about about the women's side of things at the football club. Um, it's a fantastic initiative that that Her Game Two are bringing to the football club, but it's really important that the the football club do get on board
2: with it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. and It's not just kind of supporting just bringing a, a women's team back into the fold is obviously supporting all the issues that, that, that they're trying to bring back in and obviously the safety and such forth of women in football and, and bringing that awareness so it's great to see that we've got um, ambassadors actively promoting it throughout the club obviously we see it at Swindon Page and Mandy are there with the, with, with the flag and getting their, their exposure that way but it's great to see that the owners are pushing it as well uh, and I hope to see cause some, some kind of events and stuff that they can do within that and get the wider Gillingham audience to understand what they're actually trying to achieve and and hopefully bring a um, a women's team back under the fold. Yeah, I mean it's yeah obviously yeah due, due to
0: financial reasons the, the the women's side did get did get scrapped during COVID but um, Brad and Shannon did say in the fans forum that they were that they they were extremely keen on bringing it back to Priestfield and, mm-hmm. and doing women's football for the community.
1: Yeah, obviously it, it ties into. The whole community argument as well. We were saying yesterday about you know how many little girls would have come to their first game yesterday and they well, weren't good watching the men perform, but I'm sure there's nothing better for them you know, than watching, say, the women's Euros in the summer scene and finding new heroes uh, to, to watch and think, I want to be want to be like her. And that's the sort of thing you can get from having women inspirations at a football club and you have that within a women's football team. And that's something that's perhaps been, been lacking here for a few years. I'm not entirely sure how it would work in terms of the club that they have in minute. I don't think it's associated with this, with Gillingham is it, so yeah. I'm not sure what legal proceedings might go into that, but it's not for me to talk about because I'm not an expert in that sense, but it, it would be great to bring it back, the initiative has been you know, an incredible success since it um, started from, I think the name was uh, Kazmay, I think the Bristol Rovers yes, supporter it did it. who did the video with loads of different women from different supporting clubs, you know the slideshow uh, that came out I think would have been a year and a bit ago at this point and that know caught fire almost instantly and you know you only need to look at how many advocates there are for each team in the efl you know there's abundance of them you know it's something that's become very popular very quickly and rightly so you know it says a lot as well when you're getting players from clubs and representatives from clubs wanting to jump on board with it as well so credit to to jake and glenn for that obviously matt who does using buds part of it as well now and i think there's um a couple of the ladies who work here as executives. i uh, forgive me for not knowing the names. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think there are the two two girls who are doing the um, and Megan my, isn't it my from my the commercial yes. Yeah, they're yeah. at the forums, aren't they? So yeah, but even so, having so many people from the club involved now is obviously a massive positive And you know, we spoke to Mandy and Paige on the way to Swindon, and the the aim for it is, is is just simple: it's about equality and about bringing women's football on a, on a pedestal that it deserves to be at, and obviously. As a the example of the, the women's gyros, how many you know little girls might have watched that game without really any interest in football at all, both men and women, and then watch that, seeing the women be so successful and think, you know, I want to be like her, that's a new idol, and that's the sort of spirit it can create when you have something like that here, and hopefully, you know, as, as I said, I'm not sure how it would work in bringing it back, given it's not connected to the club at a minute, but hopefully that's something that, that can happen, obviously, Shannon is heavily involved. She's met Paige and Monday at a meeting, so it seems to be something that's that's going in the right direction. So hopefully we'll see a lot more positive news come out for that.
2: So we miss out on talent with a certain goal scorer from Bearsted yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. Um yeah Matt, obviously
0: you've got the badge on. Uh yeah, just how important is her game to, to you?
3: Uh, it's really important. Um, I mean, I, me and my wife—you uh, know, she's unfortunately she's not a massive football fan—but um, I'd love to be able to bring her to games. But normally, a couple of the games that we have been to together, there's you know not some nice shouting coming from the stands and. You know, it, it's not always the nicest thing to hear, but to actually make pe- more people aware of you know the fact that women are coming to games to enjoy football too. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. We're all there for the same thing to enjoy the actual match that's taking place, and just because you're a different gender to somebody else doesn't mean that they don't know about football. You know, some of the smartest women that I, you know, so smart people I know, so women that that know so much about football, it, it's unbelievable. It's really important that as well. You know, say we talk about these young fans coming through. We don't want these young girls going, oh, it's just about boys kicking the you know lever around on the pitch. It's it's not about that. It's about the community. And you know, that at the end of the day, these these women that they've got their opinion. You know, when it comes to football, they need to be heard. And that's ultimately what I think her game too it, it is about. It's letting letting these you know women have their say
0: okay um yeah that 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 is where we will end the the first ever look back live um show this afternoon um yeah thank you thank you all for watching thank you for joining me um yeah if you would if you're interested in in sponsoring um the next uh me7 podcast look back live yeah just give us a little message um and we'll and we'll be interested in in working with you um yeah thank you for watching the uh yeah 10 points out the last 12 it's not a bad start to the brad Gallanton era Um, That train just keeps running on. Um, Yeah, thank you all for watching. Um, Goodbye.